is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. Hello, uh, uh, this is Gary Cobb with you. Um, of course, uh, they like to call me G Cobb, but um, I'm... Uh, here talking about, of course, a lot of things, and I'm joined with the co-host, uh, Michael Warren. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. How about yourself, G? Uh, doing great, doing great. You know, there's so much going on in the sports world, and uh, we're going to talk about quite a bit of it right here on voiceamerica.com. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, you know the NCAA tournament just uh, wrapped up. We will talk about that. Uh, you've got baseball getting started, uh, but, uh, you know, on my website, gcob.com, we cover the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL, and we are all over the draft. And right now you've got that uh, fever rising as people are talking about what's going on with the draft. Of course, uh, a lot of things are about uh, the quarterbacks and what's going on with that. But the first thing we've got to talk about is something that would change the draft and has changed the draft, and that's Jay Cutler being traded to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think uh, that is just an ugly situation, uh, that uh, really Denver mishandled the thing. Uh, Cutler mishandled it, and now he winds up in Chicago, and it could it could wind up things could work out for him, or it could blow up in his face. But but what's your take on it, Michael? You know, I don't know that I love Cutler. I like him. I think he's proven he can play. Do I think he's an elite quarterback at this point? I don't know about that. Forty five hundred yards, I know, is very very impressive. You can't really knock that. But if you think about the situation that whole team was in all year, their defense is brutal. They were in shootouts. I mean, they had to throw. So I think that number could have been skewed a little bit. I think it upgrades Chicago's uh, quarterback situation for sure. They did give up a lot. I mean, if you want to look at the angle of and reading some of the Chicago papers of they blow all their first-round picks anyway, might as well give them up. You know, their, their, their history in the first round has just been awful. So if you right. want to look at it that way, you know, say, why not get rid of them? Uh-huh. Um, I definitely think it, it improves the team. I definitely do. They did give up a lot. I don't know if I love Cutler yet. He's kind of a baby, though. You know, he's just, you know, well, is, is he a real leader, that, you know, He's got to grow out of that. And, um, you know, I, I understand uh, to a degree him being upset. But, you know, uh, it's like we, we've gone through this thing with McNabb here. You know, some things you keep to yourself. You, you have a close circle that, yeah, you might complain about it. I mean, just like the guy goes home to his wife and complains about stuff that he doesn't tell everybody at the job. And, right. and that's the way, you know, uh, Cutler should have been with this whole thing. And he should have let it challenge him. And, if you know, if they'd have gotten ridiculous about the trading, trying to trade him and everything, yeah, then you step in and say, hey, look, you know, you guys want me out of here, then get me out of here. But, you know, because they talked to somebody about trading you, come on. I, I think that's being a little too sensitive. Well, don't you remember, G, back in, was it 91, uh, the Broncos tried to trade uh, John Elway to the Redskins? <laughs> and Elway, Elway didn't do what Cutler did. He kind of said, "All right, well, you you get somebody to take my spot." They took Tommy Maddox in the in this first round in the '92 draft. Yeah, who obviously whatever you know, journeyman 
never took or never overtook Elway, but Elway did it the right way. Just said, "All right, you go, you go get somebody that's better. You go try to do that." Yeah, but where well, Cutler you, said, "Oh." oh, oh. <laughs> well, and you know, you got to realize that uh, whether you find out or not, there's no there's no player in the league that they've never talked about trading the guy because that's just part of the business. I mean. It's not where you're, you're, you're looking for the trade, but if somebody talks to you, you say, well, you know, what are you talking about? You know, if somebody wants to give you every player on their team for one guy, you know, you might say, you know, well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me look at what you, got, what you got here. So you got that going on. Of course, you're looking at uh, uh, the draft, and everybody's talking about the quarterback. So many things revolve around the quarterback. You got Matt, Matt Stafford, of course, and Mark Sanchez, the guys that people talked about. Some people say Sanchez. Some people say Sanford. Personally, I know it sounds like bias because the USC guy. I like uh, Sanchez more because it seems like he's more seasoned. Uh, you, I, for some reason, uh, <laughs> Stafford makes me think of Cutler. You know, it, mm-hmm. he's got a great arm and everything, but, but it's not just about having a great arm as a quarterback. Uh, you know, I want a guy that's going to be a team player. I want, I want the guy who's going to make the other guys on the team better. I don't want a guy just out there trying to show off his arm and, and I think I see that some with Cutler. He likes to just show off his arm. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I see that some with Stafford. And uh, even though I, I can't say that I know Stafford real, real well. What, what's your take on that, Michael? Well, for this, I rely on so, you know, just some of the draft experts because they've watched they've so much tape. And the, the Todd McShay at ESPN keeps saying, I don't like Stafford. He said, week to week, he watched him very closely. And he's like, he's just not consistent week to week. That, does, that would scare me. That does scare me. Yeah, you know, he's got the arm, but, but, you know, he's got an erratic arm, you know. It's, and, and, uh, and, I, and I could see where he's got that, you know, he's got, you know, I, I just am not crazy about that. No, I, you know, I think, I really think both of them, if they, you know, I think the, the most important thing a lot of times with a quarterback is not so much the quarterback. I think a lot of the time, if he's got the ability, is who's teaching him and who are they, who are they working, who's going to be playing with him. Right. Uh, because I think uh, if you bring a guy in and you're not asking him to do a lot, like for instance, you know, as great as Flacco was, uh, and, and and as great as um, uh, down in Atlanta, who am I talking about? Um, Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. As, as great as uh, Ryan. And Fl- Look at the situations they were in. They were both brought in with good running attacks. Yeah. Uh, good defenses, and they weren't asked to like you know we're not asking you to carry this team on your back. We're asking for you to execute the offense. We're going to try to keep you out of third and long situations. And, you know, and then, you know, that you give your quarterback a chance. Now, if they have been brought in where they're asked to throw the ball 50 times, look, you, come on, something's going to go wrong in uh, quite a few of those, those 50 times. Let's say if something goes wrong four times. Well, that's four turnovers. <laughs> You're right. That's a big deal. You're right. <laughs> you know, that's a real so big deal. You don't want a guy throwing the ball 50 times like they like doing here in, uh, in, in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, and then they, they get on McNabb when something goes wrong. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, that makes McNabb's touchdown-to-interception ratio that much more impressive when you consider how many times he has to drop back to throw the ball. Well, see, and, you know, and I don't know how many times he threw the ball in the NFC Championship game. Um, I forget how many times he threw it. But anyway, you can't ask a guy to throw the ball that many times. Something is going to happen. A ball gets tipped. A guy gets pressure on him. You know, uh, and, and all of a sudden you've got a turnover. And you know what turnovers usually lead to? They lead to losses. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to ask your quarterback to throw the ball that many times. And, and, and like I said, and back to what we were talking about with regards to these quarterbacks, I think that both Stafford or Sanchez, if they go into a good situation where you've got a good, disciplined guy who's working with them, 
and I, and I emphasize, emphasize discipline because even if you look at Cutler, yeah, he threw for all those yards. Look at all the interceptions he threw. You know, yeah. uh, just letting him pop and just gun it all over the place. You, you know, yeah, you might get a lot of stats with that, but you don't win with that type of football. Well, not only that, G, too, is there, as a young guy, as a good situation, I would even go as far as to say is forget this, the, uh, the actual playing situation. Maybe they just shouldn't even be playing right away. I, I'm, I am a, kind of a fan of sit and watch for a little bit. Um, what Flacco and Ryan did really, I think, is the exception and not the rule. Um, it, it, they, they did a great job. I mean, but I, I don't know if that's ideal. I would rather have somebody already in, in front to let the kid watch a little bit so you're not throwing them to the fire. No doubt about that. But, you know, we're going to continue. We're talking about uh, right now about the, uh, the NFL and the draft and everything. Uh, we're going to get in some NCAA, talk about a little tournament, talk some baseball, and, and that's what you're going to get here on, uh, on GCOB Live. You know, continuing with regards to the draft. And uh, everybody's talking about, you know, uh, amazingly, the draft has changed, and you've got people saying, you know what, who wants all these picks up top? You've got to give these guys a boatload of money. And nobody knows whether these guys can play. Yeah, you know, their moms are happy. The guy goes out and buys his mom a house. But nobody else is happy. Nobody else gets a sure thing in this deal other than the kid getting a boatload of money, and we don't even know whether he can play or not. What do you think about some of the people talking about, even the discussion is amazing, of teams saying, you know what, it would be smart for Detroit not to take the first pick, to wait uh, to let the Rams make the first pick so they don't have to pay their guys much money. You know, you haven't waited to talk to you about that, too, because I think that's an interesting option. Yeah. And who's to say the, the Rams would make that first pick and then Detroit would go right after it? They could slide down as far as they want if there's not anybody they love that high. Don't that's take true. Stafford number one overall if you're not sold on him. It, it, I mean, uh, Schwartz, that, that'll be the end of his career. That'll be end, well, I, I want to say the end of Mayhew and Lewin because they, they've been there through all this, <laughs> and, and the Ford family seems to, to let everybody get a free ride. I, I guess uh, I guess if they have, a, uh, you know, the third World War, yeah. those guys will survive. Because if they survived Matt Millen and, and that, that awful job he did. And, you know, Matt's a buddy of mine. But, goodness gracious, Matt, Matt stole like a bandit. He must have stole about $12 million. Yeah. And the doggone team stunk every year. I don't, I don't know what he was putting in the, in the Ford's food. But uh, he, he, he had a good scam going on. Well, yeah, but G, I, and this, I can't blame Millen. At what point the Fords are, you know, if you're the coach of a football team, G, and you put Michael Warren in as a quarterback, and I'm terrible, is that my fault or your fault? Well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you're right. What would you put me in there for? You're going to well, do a better yeah, job. Well, no, but it's still, it's still uh, I, I'm going to say you stunk. You know, yeah, but you and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying about Matt Millen. He stunk. Now, do I blame him for stealing all that money? No. But, I, but he, did, he did stink up the joint. I mean, the guy did the worst job of a general manager in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he, really, he did a bad job. He did. He did. I mean, I mean look at the stats he had. You, you, uh, you develop your team to the point that when they fire you, your team goes winless the whole year. That's tough. I mean, I mean after stinking up the joint to basically they got people walking down the street with, with all, what, what were some of the things they had with the Matt must go and all that stuff? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, Matt is my man. He's good. You know, I, I enjoy Matt, and, you know, I've known Matt for years and everything, but he stole a lot of money out there and, 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 and really just, uh, just, just, just took, the, he took the team down uh, the, the, uh, the, the hole. I mean, just the, the death hole. Let's put that, whatever you want to call it. It, it was terrible uh, as bad as that team was. But anyway, 
you've you got a situation out there where they need to clean things up. And uh, if they're not sure about Stafford, then, then they it. shouldn't take him because they need to get a good player. And, and that's why if I were them, I would probably go with one of the tackles. I'd probably go with Jason Smith uh, and feel good about him because I know he's got a mean streak. Uh, he's got good feet. He's quick. And I'm talking, folks, I'm talking about Jason Smith uh, from Baylor. He's the guy I probably would go to. And so you got the situation there. And then, uh, of course, what we talk about all the time, uh, the Eagles. Uh, what do you think the Eagles will do in that first round, Micah? You know, and I'm going to give my spin on what I think they will do. Well, it's interesting. And you know what? I saw a mock draft today. I wanted to talk to you, G, because you had posted something earlier about Andre Smith and his draft stock staying high despite the screw-up at the Combine where he just kind of left and nobody knew yep. who he was. And then yep. he had the bad pro day. And I was talking to Fred Barnett about this a few weeks ago. He could have screwed up enough to slide to the Eagles at 21. And I know you don't think that. But I was looking at a, 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 a mock draft from Rick Gosselin of the Dallas Morning News today. He no. had Andre Smith fall into 26. I know these are just mock drafts or whatever, but yeah, no way. You've seen these slides happen, though. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I, I have seen those. The only thing about this guy is that uh, he's a dominating player. And so uh, I, I don't think he's going to slide. But I tell you what, uh, we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, Michael, we'll continue talking about the draft. Uh, we will talk about the uh, some baseball, we're going to talk some basketball. We're going to have a lot of conversation. And you stay with us on gcob.com on Voice America Sports. We'll be right back with you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. 
or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like... See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. Or try to convince you that our product will give you... Cleaner, tighter abs in minutes. Perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb with you on... Uh, voiceamerica.com and this is G. Cobb in the house and uh, of course I'm with my uh, uh, co-host uh, Michael Warren and we were talking uh, through the draft and we were talking about some other sports but right now we're talking through the draft and we were talking about Andre Smith now you know of the tackles you got Andre Smith uh, he's supposed to be third in line because of some of the, the nutty things he's done uh, you've also got um, uh, you've Jason got uh, Jason Smith who a lot of people regarded as the as the the top guy, but it's still close. Uh, Eugene Monroe from Virginia uh, is regarded very highly, and a lot of people expect both of those guys to be gone by at least uh, the, the the fifth spot in the draft. You know. Yeah. So, so it, you know, if if that happens, you know, th- then you're in a situation where uh, Andre Smith now would be the top guy, the top the top uh, offensive tackle. And we know that the Eagles really would like to get an offensive tackle uh, because they've kept that spot open there at left, left tackle. Now, uh, from what I've heard from uh, some sources close to the Eagles, they've kept that left tackle spot. Now, if, if, they, uh, if they have to, they're going to put Sean Andrews over there. But they want to wait to see if they can get a left tackle. They can get a left tackle uh, either by draft or trade because they, they still would be interested in grabbing Jason Peters uh, Buffalo, if they could work out a deal and if he's available. But that, that's going to be up to the Eagles and Buffalo, so we don't know what will happen with that. But I can tell you that uh, they're definitely uh, in the market for a, a left tackle, uh, and uh, they want to get a guy that they can put over there and say, you know, nobody's coming around that corner, uh, and that way Andy could get some sleep at night you know, in between meals. <laughs> well, and don't forget, the Eagles were really spoiled with Trey Thomas. I mean, he was a uh, first-round pick in 98. They just got rid of him. That's, he, he was peace of mind over there for a long time. You know, he had some back troubles here and there. You know, maybe some years he wasn't quite as good. But overall, he, he was phenomenal. Well, you know, the Eagles think, and, and they go by the philosophy, is that you, a lot of times that you would rather get rid of a guy too early than too late. Because if you get rid of him too late, he's hurt. Uh, he's, he's making a big check. He's sitting over there and, and smiling at you. You know, when you look over there uh, to grab your seat, you know, when the owners get upstairs to grab their seat, they look over and their left tackle is sitting next to them. So 
they don't want that. So that's why the Eagles, uh, their thinking is always, let's get rid of a guy sooner than later. Right. They figure they got a lot out of Thomas. Uh, that's why I don't think, I think there's very little chance that they will re-sign John Runyon. Um, even though a lot of people keep that door open, I think there's very little chance they would sign, re-sign uh, John Runyon. Uh, if they did, it would be at a huge discount uh, because they think they got to a point, they get, the guys get to a point to where they feel like they're going to get injured and the Eagles don't want to get caught paying anybody if they're not playing. I mean, they don't like paying guys when they are playing, <laughs> much less paying guys when they're not playing. So, you know, uh, so that's what you got going on there. Uh, so you got, we've gone through the opposite tackle situation. Uh, we went through the quarterback thing. Now the running backs, which is a, a position the Eagles are looking at, at the running back. Tell me, of these running backs, Micah, who do you like more? And who do you think the Eagles are going to wind up getting? I got to tell you, I don't know that I love any of them. Um, you don't love any of them, here. okay? All right, one of those guys. All right. Not that I don't. Not that I don't like them. No, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Beanie Wells scares me. First of all, I, I just pass on him. He, he, I worry too much about him breaking down. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I like No Sean. Okay, Lashawn McCoy. I don't know. In watching some of the tape on him. I don't know if I, if I think he's fast enough to be a high-end back. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and this is what uh, Fred Barnett thought, too, and uh, the more I've watched, I, I think I agree with Fred. I kind of like Donald Brown. I think he's a good value pick, uh, the guy from UConn. Okay. You don't have to take him with your high first-round pick. You can probably get him in the second, mm-hmm. although some mocks have him going in the first, so we'll see what happens there. Maybe you get him with your second first-round pick. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be the better value. And I would think of, of the four... Uh, I like him. Probably him and Noshon. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have the Eagles taking Noshon, or you know, out of Georgia. Okay. Um, but yeah, you don't see that Adrian Peterson. There's no Barry Sanders, or you know. So we'll see. I mean, I think the Eagles, if they do keep both their first round picks, have to spend one on a running back, uh, especially because they left Bucko. If Buck Halter was still there, I'd say you know the Eagles. I mean, Andy Reid's never taken a running back higher than third. I think Westbrook's the highest he's ever taken a running back. That's right, and uh, so you know you got the situation there. Okay, well you know I um I, I think to me Marino is the safe, safest pick. Uh, no Sean Marino because he runs hard. It seems like he's got good uh, good hands. Uh, he's a good tough back. Uh, he doesn't have the burner speed, but he's going to be able to run inside. If you've got good blocking, he will get yardage. Going to hang on to the football. He's been durable uh, during his time at Georgia. I think that he's the safest guy. Plus, it seems like he's got his head on straight, and uh, he's serious about being a good football player. So, he would be the safest pick. Yeah, I, I would agree say. With that. I think that after that, it's you know Donald Brown next is the, is the next safest from the standpoint uh, that he pretty much gives you the same thing that uh, Marino gives you, and that's why I would expect both the Eagles to have their eyes on him. Now, Brown hasn't caught the ball as much uh, in college as Marino, even though. Uh, they said, you know, he looked real good at his workout catching the football. So, uh, and, and then both of them are smart, you know, because Andy does not like a guy that he thinks a little slow. And that's why I really didn't mention Michael uh, O'Hur, um, the uh, offensive tackle from Mississippi. Right. Well, uh, there have been reports that he's got a screw loose, okay? <laughs> and, 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 and the fact that uh, they would have a report that he has a screw loose, you know is going to run – uh, Andy Reid away from him because Andy wants guys that can think. He likes to have a, a pretty bright team, uh, and even though you know he did draft Freddie Mitchell, but anyway, he 
<laughs> wants to have a bright team, and uh, he, he, does, he does not like to mess with guys, like I said, who got a school loose, you know, like T.O. And, and other guys like that. But anyway, uh, O'Hur, uh, there have been some questions about its intelligence, and I, I don't know if they're legit or not, uh, but they've been loud enough to where it would make me think they're legit. You know? Well, O'Hur, too, uh, you know, has a little issues with the pass blocking. So, yeah. You know, I've seen them, several people that worry about his pass blocking, and that's not even an option for the Eagles. No, that is not an option. So <laughs> that that's, not that's, an option. That's why you got that situation. So, uh, anyway, so getting back, getting back, we're talking running backs. Um, as for LaShawn McCoy, he shows me things about making people miss and all that, but I have questions, too. When I look at it, I see, you know, he, he doesn't have that breakaway speed. Now, he could wind up being the best of all these guys if, you know, he can take the instincts to – the ability to make people miss that he showed in college, if he's doing that, I have seen more of that from him than any of these other guys. You know? And I know Marino runs hard, but, but the thing that, I, that you know, some guys don't understand is that, look, these guys are bigger than those guys you were running against in college. If you let these guys lay licks on you, you know, you're going to pay a, a price. And you can already hear it in Adrian Peterson. And he's talking about put, getting up to 230 pounds. And the reason he's talking that way is because, these guys are put are laying licks on him. Yeah, he needs armor. Yeah, so, you know. If you uh, look at a guy like Emmett Smith and how long he lasted, I don't think yeah. I ever saw him take a big shot. He yeah, was he so good at just taking these glancing blows, falling That's forward. Right. He didn't take the big shots. It, it was like a good boxer. You know, good boxer sitting in there. You think he's getting killed, and he's, and he's ducking these shots. They're glancing <laughs> off of him. Mm. And you wonder why he has so much left is because, He's not taking really the, the, the brunt of those shots, and, and, and that's the way um, uh, you know, Emmett Smith was. And, uh, you know, Marino, and like I said, he, he's gonna, he, likes, he seems like he likes to run hard and everything, and I'm telling you, uh, in the NFL, they will, they will have you try to make, make guys miss because when they're nailing you, they are nailing you. And uh, so uh, the back, so because so, we talked about Donald Brown, we talked about uh, Marino, uh, no Sean Marino. We also uh, talked about... Um, Big Chris Wells. Uh, so um, we, we hit most of those guys. Uh, next up, we got got to talk about the tight end position. Pedigree. Now, my take on the tight end position, and you can check it out, anybody, on gcob.com. Uh, I talk about uh, a lot of these issues. But anyway, I, at the Eagles' tight end position, I want to see them get two tight ends uh, because they need some tight ends that can block. I tell you, I've never seen any sorry blocking tight ends like these guys. You, you're saying Shobel can't block? Uh, Shobo can't block. That <laughs> me. You know, He's all brutal. Shobo could He's do brutal. Is, is he probably could, if you let him stand still, he probably could block out the sun for a minute to where you'd be able to have a shadow underneath him. But that's about it. He cannot block. The guy, you know what? Not only can he not block, he, he's not committed to blocking. That's the problem is the guy don't want to block. And that's what's wrong uh, with guys that, that don't block. A lot of times it's because they don't want to block. They're not committed to it, and that means they're really not a good football player because uh, in a lot of cases, if you really want to do it, uh, these guys are, are talented enough, they're bigger and they're strong enough that if they really want to, to block a guy, uh, they can do a lot better job than I've seen with these guys. So, Which that, supposedly Selleck's trying to learn. Yeah, Selleck's trying to learn. He's, he's uh, been doing a lot of uh, uh, work in the weight room. They say he's been living in the weight room. Supposedly. Good, because, I mean, I, he, he did start to show stuff as a pass receiver. I mean, he had an excellent NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. 
And people say, well, they didn't focus on him. They didn't. All right, well, fine. If he's going to do that, then do that until they do focus on you. We'll worry about it then. Yeah. I mean, I don't love him. as He's not a high-end number one, but mm-hmm. like you said, you grab a couple more. Yeah. Maybe you got two decent guys instead of Antonio Gates. Yeah. Who doesn't block. <laughs> yep. Well, we, we, we talked about the, uh, the draft quite a bit. When we come back, we'll talk about the baseball season and uh, what's going on, the Yankees and what's uh, the Phillies and all what's going on uh, in Major League Baseball. So uh, G. Cobb and the House will continue after the break. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at Tough the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now, you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six-DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised Better Built's World of Outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb. Uh, with you on Sports Radio 610 WIP, and we're here on uh, G Cobb in House, of course, uh, voiceamerica.com, and 
Uh, we're talking about the draft, and we talked about the NFL draft and how things are going to work out, and we're talking about it from the, from the stance of the, of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who uh, we cover and uh, have some focus on, even though we talked about the, 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 um, the quarterback position and, and some of the players are going to be going elsewhere. But um, uh, you also have, here in Philadelphia, uh, the world champion Philadelphia Phillies started their season and got a lot of people excited. Uh, they got their rings earlier this week. Uh, they got the nice spread in uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, showing those guys walking onto the field, and it's got the, the layout of the, the flag and all that, and some, some beautiful pictures. Uh, they haven't gotten off to the kind of start that we would have liked them to, uh, but, of course, these guys are world champions, and uh, they, um, you know, they, they feel good about themselves. It's still very early, of course. You know, they got so much season to play and everything, but, but I want to see them getting go- get going. But how, how did it feel? Uh, I know you saw some of this. Uh, Micah, how did you feel about the fact that here we got a team that's a champion? Yeah. It's I mean, they're world champions. Shocking. <laughs> I mean, when Lidge threw the final strike, I, I thought to myself, I don't even know how to act. You know, a, Phil- a champion in Philadelphia was 25 years. That's right. Um, so, you know what, I kind of saw this coming, though, and it's, I'm not blaming the Phillies necessarily, but it's just human nature. How could you not have a letdown? the following year to think we're already world champs. Some of that hunger almost has to leave. It has to. And I'm not knocking them. I think it's just human nature to kind of just sigh a little bit. They are, you know, we're world champs. And so now they've gotten off to a lousy start. Uh, Myers was awful in the starter, all in the starting game, but although I'm not going to blame that game on him, you get, you know, two hits through eight innings, and, you know, that'll tell you enough. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest concern right now for this team is Hamels. His average uh, fastball, the last I saw today, was around 87. That's unacceptable. Um, well, some, you know I, how... I think something's uh, wrong with that yeah. elbow. I mean, now we do know that, you know, we talk about McNabb and his sensitivity emotionally. Yeah. Well, we know, really. Can we just be honest? Cole is a, sens- a sensitive person physically. He's, he's tentative, okay? Physically, yeah. I mean, really, he, he, he's the kind of guy that... <laughs> that, uh, you know, he knows himself, he's a bit fragile, and we don't want to push him, though, because you don't want him to get hurt. No. And, and he just needs some time to come around. But he, he, that, that's the way he is. I mean, he's great when he gets everything all together, but I think if you start pushing this guy, he's going to break and crack, and the next thing you know, we're looking at a uh, disabled list, okay? I think they should, if there's an issue at all, shut him down now. It's April. Do it now. He, and, G, like you said, he's not a horse. He's not an innings eater that's going to give you, you know, nine innings every time out and just throw a ton of pitches. He is a little fragile, you know, but he's too good to take chances with. That's why, that's why you cannot, you know, uh, some people, you know, especially here in Philadelphia, a lot of people say, oh, man, he's being a, he's being a you know, soft. We, we don't need him to be soft. Stand up, man up. You know, well, we don't need this guy manning up because no. he mans up and he gets hurt. And then we're looking at him going like, Dad, going it. Now you're out for the season. Yeah. <laughs> Bad arm. And we know that any uh, title hopes or any repeating are, are done because if he goes down like that, so you got to back off of him. And, and that's why I don't want you uh, emphasizing the fact he was, he was throwing in the, in the mid-'80s. I won't mention that again. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 what was this? His fastball was in the mid-'80s or what? Yeah, uh, I was – 
I was doing some stuff on the computer. I had the MLB pitch by pitch on, which is I really do like. And one of the new features I think they added this year or last year is they tell you the average speed of his fastball. Okay. So I saw the 80, in the 87s. The last one I saw was 86.9 for average. He's a, he, he's a, uh, a change-up thrower. He's got to have some bite on that fastball for you to, to bite on the change. That's right. I mean, so, I mean he, it, the changing speeds, he does it so well and disguises it so well. That's why he has people just looking completely confused at the plate. But, 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 you've got to realize he's got a, a tentative arm. Okay. He is sensitive, and also when you can the changeup, we don't want to we don't want to push it now. No, and you have to be careful, especially as a changeup pitcher, because essentially what you're telling your arm is it's going to look everything's going to look the same, except the ball's going to come out ten miles an hour slower. Uh huh. Kind of confusing to the arm, and that can be damaging. You're essentially lying to your arm. Uh, you know, and as you know, being a pitcher as it is, it's a lot of stress. So, arm. So when you're not a horse, which he's now, not. Now, Michael, you're getting a little deep there. You know that? I told you're, some pitchers you're lying it, to your arm. <laughs> I actually <laughs> talked to some pitchers about it. And, uh, now, I tell you what. I tell you what, Michael. I tell you what. Now, now, um, we they we we do have. There are sites on VoiceAmerica.com, and we might need to bring one in. Maybe the next time when you start talking about, you know, you're really lying to your arm. Because you know, that's pretty deep, that you're lying to your arm. Now, but, but take us further into it now. You, you say uh, the Cole on these change-ups, he's really lying to his arm, okay? Lying, that means not telling the truth. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm saying you're using the same motion as your fastball, because that's why, you know, you're a baseball guy. That, that's what makes it so tough, is it looks like it's coming out like a fastball, and you're way ahead of it. But the, 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 the strength, the, the, what it does to the arm is, is it's... Like you said, like I said, and you made fun of me for it, you're lying to your arm. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, I, mean I, I, think, I think it's a good point. You're lying to your arm. As well as the batter, because it's, you know, it's, a, it's a pitch to fool somebody on. That's so, right. No, I'll, that's have to get, I'll have to get more medical details from, from the pitchers I spoke to. No, that, that, this is one for the ages, that you're <laughs> lying to your arm. Okay, all right, so, <laughs> no, but I, I do understand, because you do want to give... Uh, that look to where you're coming at the same speed and, and you're, you're, you're really uh, – I know some guys that basically uh, some of that can be done basically on the way the guy holds the ball because you right. hold the ball a certain way where you've got all your fingers around it and it takes longer to come out of there and that's why it winds up being slower. But, uh, you, you know, you can do it that way and there, there are different ways to do it. But uh, the, the good changeup, and that's really been the heart of Cole's pitching is that the fastball and the changeup. Now, the chances of this team repeating, I mean – None. Got all the guys back. Uh, you really even improved out in left field. What's the chances of this team, you know, and, and, and we don't just want to look at the fact that, what, are the one and three. Uh, what's the chances of this team repeating? Uh, the, the bad start aside, because to me it's, it's nothing. They've started slow before. Um, I, I, my gut tells me there's no chance, but I also would have told you that last year if you'd asked me in June, can this team win it all? I'd say no. So, you never know what happens at the end of the season. The truth is the reason they won it all last year was because everything went right for them at the right time. They lost three games in the playoffs. Three. You know, they, they, were, they were taking care of people. They were playing very well. Cole was pitching. He was just, he was, you know, out of his skull pitching last year. I mean, Carlos Ruiz was getting timely hits. I mean, you get, that's all good when you only need to do it for a month. But over the course of a season, I honestly... I don't know if I see him making the playoffs. And I know it's still early to say that, and I'm not basing it on the slow start. I just I still don't love the rotation. 
the, the, the rotation, huh? Well, you I know, mean, well, Myers, this is his fifth potential breakout season in a row. I'm sick of talking about it. He is what he is. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you have any problems with health, you know, when guys start getting banged up, that, that, that's a problem. Uh, the Phils the are going to start hitting. They got uh, too many hitters. They got too many solid bats. They will hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just need to get some decent pitching. And, of course, you know, we got to get help from the bullpen. And, uh, you know, things still work out. But uh, the, the, uh, the Phillies, uh, say what you want. They're defending champions. And that pretty much says it all. They're defending champions. Now, one thing I want to get into, and I want to just get into it right now, is how is it, though, uh, you know, we rip Andy Reid here. We rip him a new behind every time he loses, whenever it is. But uh, a lot of the other coaches here in town, they don't get treated the same way. Uh, and I'm talking about pro and college. And I, I wonder drinking, you know, the, the, um, the big five guys. I mean, and they, they do a tremendous job. I, I mean, they're all good coaches. I think they are. But you can tell me there's no criticism of them when they lose a game, yet Andy Reid is ripped to shreds any time he loses a game. And Reid is the one with the better resume. Now, how do you explain that? And is it fair? No, it's not fair. Gee, I read that you, you wrote that on the site today. And I, I thought it was great because it does point out it, it's, you have two, two different sets of rules. And you know what? You even mentioned it a while ago with how the Denver media handled the Cutler situation, which, oh, the Broncos are screwing this up. If McNabb had done that, oh, my goodness. they would have skewered him. Oh, they'd have skewered him. And, you know, you big baby, you this, you that. He's sensitive. No. He can't handle it. He's not a leader. No. That's right. That's nonsense. And exactly what you wrote today about, you know, Jay Wright, who I think is a phenomenal coach. You already I said. Think, you're, and you're I think he did a good coaches. job, too, to take him as far as he did. Yeah, but, we're not knocking the, the big five coaches. But how can you not recognize that Andy Reid has done a phenomenal job? And it's always his fault, and he's not good enough. He'll never get him to do this. Well, and, and I see that some of the same media guys buddying up to, to write. Don't have any criticism of him. He never nope. gets any tough questions. Nope, he's perfect. You know, he's perfect. You know, and, and all the rest of the big five guys, uh, you, could, you could throw Phil Martelli in there too because when he had the number one ranked team in the nation and, and they couldn't get to the Final Four, they got to the, the Elite Eight. And they Cheney. didn't even get to the Final Four. Uh, same thing with, uh, with uh, John Cheney back in uh, 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took them to the Elite Eight, and he had the number one team in the nation. And... You know, those guys aren't, they're not shredded, and uh, in fact, they're not even questioned. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're, every move is right. Uh, you don't hear them, you know, chopping out what they did after the game. Uh, and, uh, see, and the reason I say this is because I remember when I was in Los Angeles, they went after us. We were college guys because, you know, I heard, heard some guys on our site. Uh, that's gcob.com if you guys want to go check that out anytime. But uh, the, the guys on gcob.com. We're going there saying, well, you know, they're not making the big bucks. I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. The players aren't making any money, but the coaches sure are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at Kyle Pari just got. Oh, man, the money they, they shell out. But we're going to continue. We're going to get into talking about the NCAA and, and, and talking about the, com- the combination and the comparison and all that. On GCOB in the house, uh, we continue talking about that on voiceamerica.com. We'll be back with more of GCOB in the house. is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the 
shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you currently having trouble paying your mortgage? Are you in an adjustable rate mortgage or possibly in foreclosure? If you've been late once, have already received a letter from your lender with intent to foreclose, or even have a sheriff's sale notice, you need to contact the professionals at New Hope Modifications. They are experts in helping people behind on their mortgage, in foreclosure, or even who are on time, but know that rate will be adjusting and will cause them problems in the future. Call New Hope Modifications today at 888-NO-DEBT-9. That's 888-663-3289. And talk to one of their modification experts. New Hope is staffed with professionals that have years of experience in customer service and the mortgage industry. Our branch managers take pride in giving every customer the attention and support that they may need in this crucial time of their life. You are not alone, and New Hope is the company that you can trust to help you save your home or assist in getting you a payment you can handle. Give them a call right now at 888-663-3289. Again, that number, 888-663-3289, and put your trust in New Hope. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Cobb uh, back with you, and this is Cobb in the house, and of course I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Michael Warren, and we've been getting into uh, talking about the draft, we've talked about the college basketball, even though we're getting ready to get into the tournament and everything, and before we do all of that, we got somebody that wants to talk about, uh, at least has some questions or so for us, so uh, we'd like to go to Arnold, uh, one of our callers here. Arnold. Hey, G, how's it going? Good, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going, Micah? I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm hanging in there. 
Hey, uh, I have a question about uh, do you think the Eagles uh, in the upcoming draft, will they have a shot at uh, either uh, Ochocinco or uh, Bolden from the, uh, the Cardinals? Are, are they in the running to, uh, to make some noise? Well, uh, they're definitely in the running. Uh, the big thing uh, that's going to happen uh, is that the, the teams that have them under contract are going to make the decision on that. I can tell you that the Eagles are interested. Uh, the Eagles have the extra pick. Uh, they've got all those extra picks in round five. Of course, they two in the first round. Uh, they have some, some things to deal. Plus, they have a guy, Reggie Brown, who I, I, I think would be a, a great uh, option for somebody because you would have a guy who has started in the league and had some success in the league, which – uh, you know, would be, would be somebody that could step in and play. If you're trading away a, a receiver, you need somebody to step in there and play. Uh, you know, uh, and Reggie Brown could do that. So, right. Uh, I think they've got a lot. I, I could see where that, that uh, they're going to be talking to Arizona, and they will, uh, you know, uh, be talking to um, to Cincy about those guys because they would take the Eagles up to another level uh, because you have to double those two receivers, and while you're doubling them. You got Deshaun Jackson and everybody else running wild, so uh, they definitely would take the Eagles' offense to another level, and and hopefully uh, something like that gets done. Oh, comment on that, comment on that, Micah. Oh, I agree completely. I mean, I like Deshaun Jackson a lot. I love him with Bolden on the other side. You know, you put one of those guys over there, and and Andy Reid knows it. They know it. I don't know if I, I love Chad Johnson at this point at 31 years old, coming off an injury. Uh, he's well, it depends on what you get him for. You got to get him at a discount rate. Yeah, you get him to uh, cheap. Get him yeah, at a no, discount no rate, you know, which, which they, uh, you know, they, they got to tell those guys. Look, this guy didn't have a successful year. He's banged up. All these injuries. Uh, he's a, he's an older guy, and we're not willing to to, to part with that type of money uh, for this guy. And uh, you know, and they surely could, they surely could tell him that. Yeah, of course, uh, Hank Basket uh, doesn't want uh, number one, but uh, I think I know why. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you read uh, the, the article we talking about Hank, Hank Basket in that he thinks they're good enough now. Yeah, he thinks that. Know? Yeah, I read that on on your website, and uh, <laughs> I, I I rather uh, I would let Hank go, and I I would keep his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I tell you, is that going to be something else when he gets married at the Playboy Mansion uh, in uh, in June? And you know, the thing about Hank is he was telling me that you know uh, she's a small town girl, really. I said, Hank, she's not a small town girl. She, she's working in the porno industry. How can yeah. she be a small? You know, now somebody that comes that was a small town girl, but once you're working, you're living in Hugh Hefner's house, and you're working with all these other people, and they're in the porn industry. Guess what? You are no longer regarded as a small town girl. Absolutely. At least, at least not in my book. I agree. You know, so but but anyway, that's that's what Hank wants to do. But I tell you what, uh, uh, everybody has mentioned it is that Hank is so he's so much so much more serious now. He's got the the look in his eyes. <laughs> it's like he's he's about to yeah. pass out. <laughs> he, he's feeling the pressure of this. Uh, and, and one of the things is, you know how many questions he's going to get about this stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've had articles in the paper about, and nothing has really even happened. But if she's out running her mouth, then they're throwing it up there and they're going to throw a picture of Hank up there too. So, you know. 
I, I hope he's prepared. You're, you're, you're right. I agree. <laughs> I, I really hope he's prepared, and I, and I hope that, that, you know, that she's serious about marriage because, like I said, somebody's living in the Playboy Mansion. What do you think is going on in there? I mean. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, all the stuff, and, and you know, and, and somebody that's, that's working near the porno industry. Come on. I'm sorry. That, that's, not, that's not wife material to me. Yeah, it, it would drive me nuts, G. I think I would pull out my hair, so I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think about it. And then uh, they had her in the paper, and she was um, promoting uh, a, uh, one of those dancing poles, you know, stripper poles. That's oh, what wow. She was selling a stripper pole. That's, that was what she's promoting, stripper Take pole. Take her home to mom. What's that? Take her home to mom. Hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I, well, anyway, that, that, you, you, you got my uh, whole take on it. But anyway, I'll tell you this, though. Um, the Eagles are in a, in, a, in a position to do a lot of things on draft day. And, you know, trades get done prior to the draft because uh, if a team sees somebody and they say, boy, uh, if we gave rid of, got rid of this guy, we could get this guy and that guy. You know, so uh, it, it's something that, uh, you know, the Eagles are going to be able to make a, make a move and, and do whatever they want to do, hopefully, you know, they just wind up getting good players because you can't make but so many mistakes and expect to uh, continue to have a good football team. So. Absolutely. But, well, G, I think we have another caller on the line. Keith? Yes, I'm here. I'm calling from the University of Georgia, actually, and there's two players I want you to talk about. Um, okay. One, I got to see Noshan play all year, all year long, and uh, he is a heck of a running back. He reminds me of an Emmett Smith almost, because he can get out and do get you four or five yards every time down the field. Now, see, you know, you mentioned it, and that is what I saw in him, and that's what I liked about him is that he, he doesn't go after just a big run. What he's trying to do is he, he's going to keep those sticks moving. And I tell you, that is the kind of back that wears the defense down. Uh, but the only thing is, if he's playing here, I mean, how are you going to get rhythm uh, with a guy like that? You've got to give him the ball. And we know that Andy Reid does not like to run and run and run. He well, you know what? Here at Georgia, he came out a lot in the third downs in the game a lot. So he, did, uh -huh. he only touched the ball about 15 times down here each game, 15 to 20 times. So it wasn't that many, many, game, or many times he was touching the ball. Also, he can block and he can catch the ball. Yeah, he had, he had a great catch about in the uh, in the bowl game this year, about thirty yards down the field, over the shoulder with a defender on him, and he can catch the ball too. So he's a good player. The other player that I got to see a lot, being in SEC country, is Jared Cook, the tight end out of South Carolina, is phenomenal. Well, he's now they like him. The only thing is, you know, I don't know whether they're going to be able to get him uh, because he is he is a tremendous athlete for a guy as big as he is. Because uh, he ran the fastest time. I think he ran a 4-5. And, you know, I write about him uh, there on gcob.com. But, uh, they, but they, they question his blocking, though. His blocking needs to improve. And, um, you know, uh, the, the Eagles might be interested. But, but he is a burner. He can, fly, he can flat out fly, especially for a guy as big as he is and as a tight end. He would crunch all the teams. And I was just watching a replay of South Carolina Vanderbilt last night, and he had ten catches on that. He would just... He can get open in the in the uh, in the uh, in the middle of the field. The other tight end, I also went to Southern Mississippi, and Sean Nelson. I've been watching right. since freshman year, and he's a fantastic tight end too. Two okay, really well, good I tell you what, uh, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to take off. I want to thank everybody. Uh, we will be uh, next week, seven o'clock. 
Steve Cobb in the house. We'll talk some more Eagles. We'll be talking about everything going on, and there's always plenty happening. So join us next week for G Cobb in the house, and I thank everybody, uh, and thank you, Micah, and everybody that uh, called in. Yep. See you guys next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.